0: Da, 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 da. You sound insane. Do you realize that? Oh, yeah. it's the whole world got crazy! Seriously,
1: It's showtime. That's that's
0: Brian Gill, what are we talking about today? Kent, I called you here today so that we could talk about Rebel Wilson, and how to be single. <laughs> you watch it four times, five
1: times, I can't, I, I lost count, to be honest, myself. Richard saw it 27 times. Apparently.
0: That's why he's not here right now. He just, <laughs> he passed out in a theater. He was just so, just oh, just overwhelmed with emotion. So, he's
1: he's recovering.
0: <laughs> yeah, just sleep it off, big guy. He'll be all right.
1: Wow. Right?
0: Yep. So, uh, yeah, how to be single, or, or Deadpool. I guess we could talk about Deadpool. Do you want to do that instead? I don't.
1: I'm thinking Zoolander 2, but. Well, I, I saw that,
0: too, is. so we can talk about it if you'd like.
1: This goes down for a lot of people as one of their most highly anticipated movies, maybe of all time. For sure. And, uh, Brian, you and I consider ourselves comic book fans, I would say. Not avid readers, but definitely yeah. fans and aware of most most of what's out there. Uh-huh. Uh, you, I see Deadpool everywhere at cons and, and the like. It's kind of odd for something to be like this um mm-hmm. it's it's kind of a phenomenon uh movie aside because a lot of this stuff you see at cons that's big doctor who and and uh you know planet of the apes and they're they're properties that have come from television or from the movies or at least have a an iteration of that mm-hmm. you know, even a cartoon series of some kind or anime or uh you know, Adventure Time or something like that. This exists purely as a comic and as a comic. There's yes. no Saturday morning cartoon. There's no, I mean, there's action figures, but there's no action figure line. There's no movie of this. Um, and for it to have the fan base it does in and of itself is extremely yes. impressive. It's remarkable. And yeah. that that blows my mind almost more than this movie uh, did. Mm-hmm. And that's a separate conversation, but just the Deadpool fan base has just yeah. blown my mind over the past week i just i knew it was big because i'd seen it everywhere but i didn't know how big and right i don't think anyone did
0: yes i totally agree because especially hollywood because you see the shirts was...
1: and the logo yeah. and you're like spider-man like is that the is that <laughs> superior spider Man? what is going on you know you don't, sure. you just don't really and then you know it's see it's deadpool but you don't really know what that is because it's not out there very much but Wow, um, very impressive. Very impressed by the box office pull of this movie yeah. this past yeah. weekend. But Richard's not here. And uh, well, I'm sure we'll get yeah. his thoughts on this uh, at a later date. Yeah, But he has skipped out on us. But So it's Brian and I tonight. And uh, before we dive straight into this, we have a few shout-outs to give and some thank-yous to say very quickly. So our first shout-out uh, goes to Jason Leung. And he wants to promote his podcast called How to Life. Visit it at howtolife.ca. It's a uh, personal development podcast. that's dedicated to helping us learn about our lives and what makes it work. And their latest episodes include what does money really mean and planning your life after graduation. So check out howtolife at howtolife.ca. And thank you, Jason.
0: We got three more. That we want to shout out real fast. Rachel Fisher Bramble donated. So thank, thank you, you so much, Rachel. Uh, Jonathan Tickle donated, and he donated enough. He'll, he'll be on a show later this, uh, this year, I believe. Thank you so much, Jonathan. We're excited about that. And my buddy Brian Simpson, uh, and we'll give him a shout-out later in the in the year. Uh, he donated as well. So thank you guys so much for your donations. It really helps so much to for us to be able to, you know, keep the show going and,
1: and do what we do. Thank you for your donations. And, uh, Brian, let's talk some good news. Movie news. Yes. yes! Rumors and rumbling. That's awesome. Let's... Bustering begin. I have one quick thing I want to mention, and it kind of relates to Deadpool in a way, because I saw the trailer for the first time in the theater. It's uh, Cloverfield, or 10 Cloverfield Lane, mm-hmm. is the a, apparent sequel to Cloverfield, uh, in a very Cloverfield-like manner, kind yeah. of came out of nowhere. No one really even knew this was being made, I don't think. Um, yeah, it, there had been rumors forever about a Cloverfield sequel, but
0: this is what's interesting, Ken. I don't know, I don't know if you knew this and some of our listeners won't. This movie's been on the calendar for uh for several months under a production title and uh nobody knew anything about it. It's called Valencia and it just had this like mid-March release date and it was I want to say the description was just uh Mary Elizabeth Winstead wakes up in an apartment or something, and John Goodman basically tells her, I saved you, the end of the world is happening outside. But it has zero tie to Cloverfield, and nobody knew anything about it. So they kept that secret for months and months and months, and then dropped that trailer, and it was like, oh, by the way, this is a Cloverfield spinoff or universe wonder, or whatever. It
1: makes me wonder, Is it have a monster element? Does it have a monster movie feel? And then they brought it to the studio and said, we can make this Cloverfield 2. Uh, does that make sense?
0: Yeah, that would be interesting. Crazier I think things it, have
1: happened. Yeah,
0: I think the deal is they have been plotting this the whole time and just trying to keep it under wraps as long as they could. But that's kind of even more interesting, though, if they were like, what if we made this Cloverfield? <laughs> that, would be, that would be very funny.
1: They've done things like that, such as sure. Troll 2. It wasn't <laughs> yeah. supposed to be Troll 2, but the rest <laughs> nice. is history. Yeah. Uh, it He's actually hit. is produced by Bad Robot, so yeah. I, I guess that theory goes out the window. Mm-hmm. But, wow, exciting. looks to be smaller scale than Cloverfield. Yes,
0: yeah, and it's not shaky cam either, so that will help because I know a lot of people just could not handle the crazy shaky cam of, of Cloverfield.
1: Yeah, exactly. Wow. I like the cast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mary Elizabeth I- Winsett has needed to do something good since Scott Pilgrim. <laughs> sure, sure. <laughs> so it's good to see her maybe have that chance yeah and uh as john goodman is american treasure of course john goodman it'd be cool to see him in a kind of a thriller yeah a sci-fi thriller
0: yeah i'm I'm excited then the uh the super bowl spot was really good too yeah like
1: i said i saw this in the in the theater for the first time yeah uh, very cool Deadpool and it was yeah. a cool experience yeah and i'm excited a great
0: i'm excited you know as much crap as I've given, given 2016, some of these uh, smaller movies are – and this is how it usually is. We we never know what is actually going to come out through the course of a year when we look at it in, in January. But some of these smaller movies that a couple months ago looked like, oh, I don't know about that, are starting to get pretty decent reviews. And so that's good. Like uh, Midnight Special is coming out in a, in a month or so, and that looked really – could be terrible, and, and it's getting – Really positive reviews, things like that. So hopefully, uh, hopefully those films are gonna carry Pee-wee's Big carry Holiday, us yeah.
1: Pee-wee's Big Holiday,
0: obviously. Hopefully those movies will carry us through, <laughs> uh, like Batman v Superman season and things like that. Yeah, we can only hope.
1: <laughs> By the way, I've I've really enjoyed harassing Zack Snyder on Twitter. I don't know if anyone has seen <laughs> that, but it's one of my favorite things to do. So follow us on Twitter, M A M underscore podcast, and join along in the fun. I'm hoping he responds just so we can invite him on the show to defend himself and then beat him down. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, we have some Star Wars news, Brian. This is applicable yeah. to you and I. That is true. We are the official podcast. You, want to, you just Star- do, want to just do another hour on Force Awakens? Just, <laughs> just,
0: just for old time's sake? Sure. Yeah. Why not?
1: Yeah. Well, Richard and I are going to do an hour on The Life of Pablo probably next episode. So <laughs> Sweet. It's only fair. Sweet. But we have uh, episode eight. And its official production has started. Oh, Principal gosh. photography. Yeah. And uh, Ryan Johnson on the set directing the first scene, which looks to be, uh, spoiler alert, right where they left off in The Force Awakens. I yes. didn't know if you knew that Episode 8 <laughs> would continue where <laughs> Episode 7 left off, but right. sorry to break the news to you if I'm spoiling that. But
0: That was a really fun little production teaser, the way they did that with – literally not one second of new footage just hey we started here you go you know and just kind of immediately start the if you weren't already super excited
1: and anticipating this
0: well now you are here's a little here's a little boost for you very
1: similar to what they did with episode 7 in the fact that they showed JJ mm-hmm. on uh, Jakku, I guess it was yeah. say welcome to episode 7 yes and uh, Ryan Johnson saying the same welcome yeah. to episode 8 very cool. I'm excited about the potential subtitle of episode eight, and let's throw our our best guesses out there now.
0: For Lom's revenge, how about that? Is that can we do that? Is it just going to be all about Forlom? I think, I hope so.
1: Maybe, <laughs> maybe Zuckus. Maybe I'm it's like... guessing in in lieu of the previous uh, films, I'm going to guess it huh. has something to do with the First Order.
0: Probably sure. So okay.
1: Star Wars Episode Eight, the First Order, not Revenge, but in in some sense of the word, um, I think it'll have something to do with the First Order, and uh, maybe give us less of Ray this time around. Okay. And focus more on the the dark side, and then move back to Ray mm-hmm. in uh, Episode Nine. Okay. Or maybe this focuses more on Luke, and this is a Luke story. Uh, sure. We just don't know. But what about episode eight straight out of Jaku? Is that, you think that will work? I don't. <laughs> I think so. <laughs> okay. Sweet. Spoiler. I'm excited. Uh, so officially in production and some people have been added to the cast. Oh yeah. As well. I'm excited about one of them <laughs> and the yes. other, I could actually just let you talk about and I'll just go in the other room.
0: We all three had the exact same reaction when we, we were texting about it. It was like, Oh, that one of those sounds awesome. Just...
1: Uh, So the two are, one being Benicio Del Toro, who can be in any movie. Yes. I'm assuming he'll play a villain here, but if he's a Jedi, that would be awesome.
0: Fine, either way. Javier Bart... No, excuse me. Benicio Del Toro is is an interesting one because... I, at least for me, I kind of forget how great he is, and then he's in a movie, and you're like, "Oh my gosh, Benicio del Toro is so good!" And then you kind of forget because he doesn't do a lot of movies, and so he kind of disappears for a year or
1: two at a he's time. Kind of doing and, more now. He yeah, did he Sicario like and he's Guardians, great. and he's doing yeah. Star Wars now. Right. He doesn't Every have time to do he that. up, it's like, dude, this
0: guy's so good.
1: Yeah, apparently he got paid the most exponentially on uh, Sicario. It's not okay. surprising, and. That some big stars in that Josh Brolin and Emily Blunt and some bigger bigger names, but still still commands the uh, screen and he'll command my attention in the Star Wars universe. Holy. I can't wait for that. The other name I can wait for, and <laughs> might deter me from seeing. The, no. uh, <laughs> I was all in until this one. <laughs> uh, it's Laura Dern, and she's she's fine. She she's like a slightly more bearable Robin Wright to me, <laughs> you know? It's just She's yeah, she's I've the non-caddy version of Robin Wright. Yeah. Like she's she's fine and passable in in, in some stuff. Uh great. She, so, she was good in Wild, like Yes. Yes. Uh, That's what we hope more than anything
0: cuz I think she was very good in Wild and I'm I'm with you. I find her just kind of obnoxious just on the screen. I don't really care for her. Uh but she was really good in Wild. So maybe I, whatever. Maybe, as you said, I think, didn't you tweet something like maybe she'll play an animated character and we'll never have to see her? But. Yeah,
1: I said hopefully she's CGI and she speaks bocce, so we don't even know it's her. <laughs> yes.
0: Perfect. Oh, that was Laura Dern. What? Oh, man. Is it weird? <laughs> yeah.
1: Kind of yeah. like Simon Pegg was in the last. <laughs> of her. Right. So. Right. Th- She's the worst part of Jurassic Park, and that's with two child actors <laughs> taken into consideration. Like, yeah. she's the one of whom of-
0: never acted again. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No,
1: I'm with you. I,
0: I don't know that it's anything that's like her fault. She just yeah. her presence on screen is not. I just don't enjoy watching her act. I guess, but you know, she was getting and wild, and so she's. Well-liked. People were excited about it, so that's that's fine. Maybe it's just the three of us that are She's dry. a name, I
1: guess. Yeah, sure. We'll just have to see what kind of role she has.
0: There's almost no, nobody that they could cast in these movies that I would be like, well, okay. Now, I mean, if they put John Travolta in these movies, then <laughs> that be, but otherwise, I'm good.
1: <laughs> Please let that happen. Gosh. that I Master her. I would be Travolta. so angry. Gosh, that would, yeah, that would— Olivia Newton-John plays his wife. Just... That would
0: ruin my year
1: for real. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I would pay so much for that. <laughs> so, I'm excited about Ryan Johnson more than any of this, yes. actually, just mm-hmm. to see what he's come up with in his screenplay and where mm-hmm. this is going to go. I really
0: think, and I may have said this before, but I really think when we look back at this, we're going to say J.J. Abrams was the perfect director to start this whole thing off, and Ryan Johnson was the perfect director to take Star Wars to the next level because I think he is. An incredibly talented visionary behind the camera and I think he's gonna I great.
1: think, Brian, that Rogue One is gonna come out and people are gonna be like, What the crap? And it's <laughs> gonna be it's gonna blow people away. Yeah. And they're gonna be more excited not more excited, but just as excited for the offshoot films
0: as yeah, they are it's, the I think they picked the right one to start that with. If you go straight into the, the one offs and do Han Solo origin story or whatever, I think you run the risk of people saying nobody needed this and this is money grabbing and all that kind of thing but when you're telling it's not an origin story it is an actual piece of the Star Wars mythology and you're going to you're going to tell it in the way that the, it looks like they're going to do it I think that is a perfect choice and I think it's going to start the whole thing off in the right way.
1: Yeah, I don't I'm still not down for the Han Solo movie. I just don't want it to happen. It they've confirmed in the past week or two that it is happening. Yeah. But I just I don't care. Um, I'm more I'm in ch- I would be way. more interested in seeing a movie that's between Return of the Jedi and The Force Awakens. That's, yeah, that's Han's adventures with Chewie just in the middle of the cosmos and yeah. how they end up on that random cruiser and what happened to the Falcon and all that than I am about what he was doing five years before the <laughs> A New Hope. I mean, I'm sure yeah. it'll go into a lot of Jabba the Hutt stuff and that whole ordeal that happened with Jabba. And maybe Boba Fett is involved somehow. I'm sure it'll be, you know, from a story wise. I'm sure story wise it'll be interesting to us Star Wars fans. But I just, it just feels like a step backwards at this point to just go do origins. I mean, I thought we were done with origins with the prequels. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Um, At least explore things that have been mentioned, like Rogue One. Uh, Explore things that have been mentioned, but don't really require a stretch of believability. Uh, Like Richard made the point when we talked to Force Awakens about we've seen Han Solo at age Mm thirty, so why do we? Why does it need to be age twenty five and he looks like a he's a completely different person? You know, it just doesn't. At least with Obi Wan, you saw him when he was seventy, and you saw him when he was you know twenty five. It was different, and even with Anakin. Get ready Um, for that, because I think Kenobi is going to get an origin story. I would be fine with that, because it doesn't stretch my realm of believability of what Obi-Wan Kenobi is, because he's already in my mind's eye as what he is, and even more so now that Ewan's had time to you know sit on the character for 10 years and kind of develop it more, and of course he's more of age now for that role. I actually would, would rather see that than a Han Solo origin story, even though the Lord and Miller are involved, and I'm sure the screenplay will be fun and quippy and... I'm just worried about the actor and and all that. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I would say that I'm not as excited. That's the one I'm the least excited about as far as episode 789, Rogue One, Boba Fett, anything else. That's the one I'm the least excited about. But I imagine come whatever year that is, what is that, 2019 or 2018, whatever year it comes out, once that starts to roll around, I'm going to be... It's new Star Wars, so I'm going to be excited yeah, to see called, any new Star I Wars.
1: I, I, exactly, but I just don't want it to have some like it, – it's the, the title is called Solo, A Smuggler's Journey or something like <laughs> stupid sure. and cheesy yeah. and just – yeah. Ugh.
0: I also think though that Lord and Miller also ease any – kind of they do, that I they do. I think that uh, they're gonna do they're, I don't think they're gonna do anything that stinks at this point so I look you're I'm I'm with you I think it's the least necessary of all of these movies that we know is coming so far like that's the one I could deal with the least but I do think there's stuff that you could do i I as a kid especially but but even still like I always wanted to see the early days of Han and Chewie Doing their thing through the galaxy. I always wanted, I like, there were several books about that sort of thing that I, I, I read all of them. because I, think I was you just could obsessed do that with in that. the
1: context and do it at Boba Fett movie, but be, have it be about him tracking mm-hmm. them down and do it a different way. It's just, yeah. This way. It, to just say we're doing Han Solo Origin Story, right? On, of, honestly,
0: to ugh. me, the way the best way to do it, and this is obviously it's not when it's going to happen, but if I had my choice, I would want them to do an animated series of of Han and and Chewie yeah. uh, pre A New Hope, and and have fun with that because I think you could do They're doing that five... right
1: now. It's called the Star Wars Rebels.
0: I know I'm saying, but that's that's where I would want it to go. Like make it Rebelsy yeah. and and have it be. Um, not necessarily like adult oriented, but, but more mature than Clone Wars was, which nothing wrong with Clone Wars. I just, you know, it's a little bit childish at times. And so that's, that's how I would have liked them to gone with that. But that's, you know, they got to make that money, baby. So this is, uh, it's an easy half a billion dollars. You know. I mean that's that's the honest truth. It's an easy half a billion dollars and they got the they got great directors and screenwriters and whatnot. So I'm with you. Except for I mean well Trevor. We'll
1: see. We'll see.
0: see. I guess. it's funny to me that everybody is so down on Trevor. No, Owen. it's just like, you He's know, done one really good original film. And then one where it's just like, just, just make that money, baby. So, you know, it's
1: um, just going to be the worst. Like it, you just can look at it on it's paper gonna and say, it's going to be, the worst. but I don't
0: think that it's going to be bad by any means. Yeah. We've seen bad star Wars. I don't think we're, I don't, A. I don't think we're, I kind of don't think we're ever going to see truly bad Star Wars again. We're going to see, there's going to be one or two of these movies somewhere along the line, especially if they really do go through with, we're going to make another Star Wars movie every year for the next 30 years or 40 years or whatever. There's going to be some that are not up to the quality that we, that we want, but that one does, I don't know. I'm just not as nervous about it as, as everybody else is partly because I think Kennedy, Kathleen Kennedy and JJ Abrams and everybody that's involved are going to Keep any shenanigans in check, as we've already seen with with Josh Trank. Like, okay, this guy sucks. Right. Let's get him out of here. So I, I don't know. I'm not nervous. I, I do. I'm agreeing with you. I think that's the one that has the most chance of
1: being the most. The most like, eh, that was okay. Of the three of, I don't think they've announced a director for the third offshoot film. Have they?
0: I don't think so. And, we have,
1: and that could be Zack Snyder. Like, no joke. <laughs> Gosh, he's help. pretty tight with Bad Robot and things. I don't know if you knew that, but
0: oh, don't you just ruined my day? I hate
1: you. He's I got don't... like twelve movies booked with DC. I don't think oh. he would again. Follow us on Twitter. We uh, have... I did
0: like your your tweet about Jacked
1: BB-8. That was, uh... <laughs> That's true. Now I want to see that. Just... We'll never know unless he BB-8 Star Wars somehow has an eight. If we know how BB-8 looks <laughs> if he's totally ripped. <laughs> okay. We have a little rumor that Darth Vader is involved in uh, Rogue One. Yeah, dude. So I, I think that that's ha- that could be that'll be you
0: know, huge. It will break the world if that's if that happens. Because I'm pretty sure we saw James Earl Jones like he got booked, so it's happening. He did. I think that's that that is the rumor that I heard is James he has himself. to.
1: I don't know if there's a James Earl Jones to James Earl Jones. You know, there's like a guy that impersonates James Earl Jones because. Sure there's so much voice work to be done with Darth Vader still with all the video games and TV shows and everything. Yeah. Um, if he's not flying out every week or if he doesn't have a studio in his house, there's gotta be somebody bank making that James Earl Jones, Darth Vader money. <laughs> but that's interesting. And I wouldn't, yeah. maybe David Prowse re- reprises. His role. <laughs> maybe Hayden Christensen's under there. Yeah, there it is. They just there dub his voice like they yeah. did in.
0: Just got to get him some work. He never actually speaks. He's just a stunt actor at this point.
1: They were actually going to use a stunt actor for Revenge of the Sith, but Hayden Christensen said he wouldn't do it unless they let him be Darth Vader. So they had to build him a custom suit, like, in his size. They're like, really? Okay. And they had to, like, hand make it and everything. What a, a look, He more confirmation that that was the wrong choice.
0: He just hates sand, okay? He doesn't want to get any sand it's up so in that suit. so coarse. Dude, just so coarse. feels awful against your
1: skin. Hey, ma'am, fam, question for you. Do you own a small business, or are you a boss? Are you looking to hire awesome people, but you just can't find somebody to fill that role? Well, let me tell you about ZipRecruiter.com. With ZipRecruiter, you can post your job to 100-plus job sites all with one click. In fact, over 80% of jobs posted on ZipRecruiter Get a qualified candidate in just 24 hours. Find out today why ZipRecruiter has been used by businesses of all sizes to find the most qualified job candidates with immediate results. That's why ZipRecruiter is different. Unlike other job sites, ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you, it finds them. Right now you can post your jobs for free on ZipRecruiter by going to ziprecruitercom slash mad. That's ZipRecruiter. .com/mad. One more time, try it for free. Go to ZipRecruiter.com slash Thanks to ZipRecruiter for supporting this episode of the Mad About Movies podcast. <laughs> All right, Ben, Brian, let's talk Deadpool. Deadpool. Deadpool.
0: Deadpool. Deadpool.
1: So the release date of February 12th, 2016. Falls on Valentine's Day weekend, and this is the furthest thing you would think that would be a success on Valentine's Day weekend. Uh, as it came away, as of today, and we're recording three days later on the fifteenth, one hundred fifty-two million, one hundred ninety-three thousand, eight hundred fifty-three. <laughs> so one hundred fifty million. I would have thought, and you know, if this was two weeks ago, and they asked me how much it would have made, I would have said sixty-five you know uh-huh. like like yeah. a pretty dedicated fan base but outside of that
0: yeah didn't well really... and, and we should be fair 65 would have been a huge hit
1: right for an R rated movie exactly. it would have been a
0: huge hit yeah
1: and uh so budget was 58 so that would have basically <laughs> covered that just domestically and yeah. uh, i mean yeah. I'll be honest, like I said, other than the uh, cons that I've gone to, uh, you don't really see a lot, you know, in the general public a lot of Deadpool stuff. I mean, unless uh-huh. you're at comic shops or unless you're in that scene, um, you know, you don't it's just it's not Star Wars and it's not the Avengers, it's not DC. Right. You just wonder how how crazy this is. I mean, you wonder how this happens uh, and people have tried to figure it out all weekend and I just think and I'll agree with a cohort of ours, which I want to talk about his comments a little bit later. But it's just because this was a, a fun, a good movie. Yeah, um, it has no, nothing to do with one particular <laughs> yeah. element of. Maybe it's because it cussed a lot. Maybe it's right. because it was violent. It's just because it was good and fun, yes. and so that's why it was successful and word spread like wildfire. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. first time director here, Tim Miller. And so you know, not Huge. a lot of. Not a lot of clout behind his name. And uh, Ryan Reynolds has definitely faded in the past ten oh, years. Uh, oh, basically yeah. basically yeah. since Van Wilder he has faded <laughs> as a star, if that's even possible. Every Yeah. And it's Marty
0: McFly in the picture as things are just getting bleaker. And so bleak. you're
1: not you're looking at this and the the hottest name in this right now is TJ Miller. <laughs> And Marina Bacharin has an again a small dedicated fan base of Firefly fans that right. really enjoy her work, but I mean, there's not a lot of. On paper, you look at it, and it's not like my parents would go and look at the paper and say, "Oh, what's that? Oh, well, who's in it? Oh, well, who directed it? You know?" And go see it. Yes, that's what it kind of takes a lot of times for something to make 150 million dollars out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. Um, but maybe there's just that amount of. Uh, Deadpool fans out there. What's your take on it? Yeah, I think it's a combination
0: of all those things. I think this would have been a, it's a very wide release, though. Almost four thousand yes. theaters. Yeah. I think it would have been quite the hit um if it was okay. You know, I think the projections had it around where you were saying can't somewhere in the sixty to sixty-five million dollar range, and and then that kind of got bumped to, oh man, it might be ninety, and then it just obliterated that that number, which is which is crazy. But yes, I think it had It had an incredible marketing approach for sure. And they've been pushing it for over a year. And I think, like, very opposite of, let's say, Green Lantern or uh, most of the Batman v Superman sort of stuff. They've kind of, they've almost used the marketing as like a test to see what the reaction is from the fan base and stuff. Like, they did that very small teaser a year ago with the suit. And that was kind of the main. That was the main point of the whole teaser was like, what will fans think of the suit? And they seem to really like it. And they've done such a really smart job of, uh, just giving little tips here and there. And kind of, we see a lot of movies that fall into the trap of trying to market to all markets, which is always just a horrible, horrible sign, uh, when you start to see – like when you see a trailer that comes out three weeks before a movie comes out and it's completely different and totally different in tone and everything from everything you've seen previously, you start to think, oh, no, they're they're struggling to find an audience. This one, it's so geared towards the fanboy, but I thought they also did such a great job of putting it out there. That this is a, This is supposed to be a comedy. It's not just – a superhero movie it's not just a comic book movie it's not just a fanboy movie it's it's it is an r-rated comedy and i think when you combine those two things plus just exactly what you said can it's a good movie it's a really solid even if you even if you come in a little bit lower on it i saw plenty of people tweeting things like it was fine it was okay that's so much better than what you typically get uh this time of year and from this type of a property, I think. So anyway, I th- I think the 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 we're in store for the next five years being filled with uh super raunchy, R-rated superhero knockoff movies, and they're all gonna be pretty bad because Hollywood generally learns the wrong lesson from things. And so I I imagine we're gonna get a lot of Deadpool knockoffs in the coming years. And again, what they're going to be missing is you gotta. It's a really solid script. It's very tight the way it's directed, and you have a you have a, a lead who, yes, his star has faded so badly to the point that like we've talked about this movie in the last you know last few months and talked about how. This is a huge risk for the studio. Even if it's only fifty-eight million dollars, they spent so much money on marketing. It's a huge risk for the studio, and it is a huge risk for Ryan Reynolds because if this didn't go well, if this came out and got a forty-seven percent on Rotten Tomatoes and made uh, forty-two million dollars or something like that, it's over. For I don't, for Ryan Reynolds.
1: I I see it the opposite. I see it okay. as what does he have to lose? I he agree. Has with nowhere you, but, to go but up. Yes,
0: but if if this <laughs> If this tanks, he's not. He doesn't get to lead a movie anymore. He's he's yeah. supporting actor number it three. It wouldn't help. Yeah, in any movie that that he does. Um, he's this is this was kind of the last chance. I think you're right. Like I think we're saying the same thing. It's just this was it, and so it played out. That his star may have faded, but he is the. I think he's absolutely the perfect person to play this role. And obviously it was a huge passion project for him and that plays into it as well, but he fits this character so well and brings it to life in a way that I don't think anyone else, I don't think you could have just slid any a list actor into that slot. And it's, it's very similar to what Robert Downey Jr has done with, with Tony Stark slash Iron Man. Like, this is a, a guy – he's going to be irreplaceable. In In five years or ten years or whatever, he's going to be able to say, I want $50 million for the next Deadpool movie, and they're going to have to say yes because they can't replace
1: him. You know what the worst part about it is for in his part? The fact that this character is physically deformed like he is and he can never be <laughs> hunky Ron sure. Reynolds again in sure. a movie unless they do flashbacks or something. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like they yeah. can't – he'll have to be in the mask I guess the whole Yes. I mean it's it's fine he could still be the personality and the quippy Ryan Reynolds but can't be the hunk but yeah. man it does it fits him so well um it's almost as if you know he started expressing his interest in this project uh years ago 10 years yeah. ago yeah and was trying to get it made but I guess it didn't have a, a big enough fan base at that point or the internet wasn't didn't really have the voice it did at at uh, the point it does now Back then, and uh, didn't really have the clout to get it made, and it's almost as if the they've tuned Deadpool to Ryan Reynolds, like in the past ten years, like sure. as if yeah. all this has been leading to him playing this part. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I don't know if that's. I, I'm sure that's happened in the past, where somebody just be, becomes like. I'm sure now. When they write Iron Man, they're basically thinking of Robert Downey when they're writing him in the comics. Does that make sense rather than – Absolutely, yeah. And I think it's kind of sort of the opposite. Like they started started to write Deadpool more towards what they would think uh, Ryan Reynolds would bring to the table. Uh And it's very similar to roles he's played in the past. I'm not going to go out and say this is a big stretch for Ryan Reynolds. This is a very similar personality to his – kind of uh, every is Van character Wilder, yeah, you know totally fratty kind of mm-hmm. uh smart alecky guy right and um this goes right along with it but i mean it, it it kind of felt nostalgic to see him do this because we hadn't seen this ryan reynolds in a long time a long time yeah and uh i don't know he felt he felt it felt like seeing Stifler again in American Pie. You know what I'm saying? Like <laughs> yeah, yeah totally. like you just feel that personality and you're like, man, yes. I just missed this in a movie for yes. a long time. You know, it, the Eddie Haskell, you know? Yeah, you
0: can't fake this kind of uh, of authenticity, I think. I think this is this is kind of the role that he was born to play and it fits him so well. And clearly he really enjoys doing this character and, you know – Look, we I've said before, George Clooney is pretty much George Clooney in every movie that he does. If Ryan Reynolds wants to be Ryan Reynolds in every movie that he does, I'm okay with that as long as he's trying to do movies that are you know, decent, that are up to his cuz I always thought I I think he I like Ryan Reynolds quite a bit and I've always um felt like he was a a pretty talented guy. It's just that a lot of the stuff that he does is Is honestly is beneath him, and so kind of seeing that all come together with. I I think Woman in
1: Gold is beneath him (laughs) then you. You haven't seen that movie, obviously. (laughs) Obviously, I have not seen that movie, but that's one that's like, that's one
0: where you're like, you're just you're trying self slash
1: list. You didn't like self slash list last year. Good, Good grief.
0: Green Lantern's terrible, but that the bummer of some of these movies is that you know, like Green Lantern came off of doing Buried and Paperman, which were both small movies and are both solid. And the he's proposal, really which good was huge, the proposal was huge. Um, Adventureland, I was, I really like Adventureland. He's he's a, he's a solid actor. Finding the right role has proven very difficult, and obviously, I think has even with this Deadpool being such a huge hit, I don't think that. Ryan Reynolds is the box office pull that Hollywood thought he was five years ago. You know, this this character. I think, he fact I think this really, is going to raise the Ryan Reynolds stock tenfold. It probably does. Now, my question would be, is that a good thing? Because I kind of I'm almost kind of think like this is the thing that he's really good at. And if he's not careful, we're going to get right back into that thing where uh Three or four movies in a row, and you're like, these all kind of suck. But I guess he would now, at this point, would have Deadpool to fall back on, and can always go make another Deadpool movie. You know,
1: that's that's true. Can you believe this is from the same writers as GI Joe De- Retaliation? <laughs> so weird. The, the, one of the worst dialogue oh, movies sheesh. of all, and worst structured movies of all time. Mm, yeah, you know that scene where they're playing Call of Duty with him and oh, Channing Tatum, oh. and the it's just the worst. I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah that's man. the opening scene too amazing um, amazing uh, i think that made my worst movie of that year of 2013
0: it was up there it was up there for sure but
1: these guys surprising. also wrote
0: zombie land too which i, loved, I, didn't realize. I love zombie land so i do too i do too very interesting a third time's a
1: charm for paul <laughs> Wernick and rhett reese yeah but man this was a great script mm-hmm. i thought it was a very very funny script and very
0: quippy and fun and, and fast. And it,
1: it, I'm not going to pretend like this was an influence by other movies. Like this is a completely oh, sure. original thing because it's not. Um, yeah. It definitely has its own personality. It definitely brings its own thing to the table. But, mm-hmm. I mean, if there were no Guardians of the Galaxy, there would be no Deadpool. Sure. If, one, if, there, were, if there was no kick ass there would be no guardians uh you know like this has all been kind of leading up to this uh box office numbers wise definitely sure yeah the the r-rated superhero movie that has a mass appeal that actually does well has not really happened yet i mean kick ass did well but it wasn't this at all right right and um it's it's just it's like they saw what they did in those other movies and kind of tweaked them and Yes, and perfected them honestly, and when you take 11 years to make a movie, sometimes that's a good thing. Sometimes mm-hmm. you you whittle out like they took took them 10 years to make super bad and they sure. just kept rewriting the script every time it got denied or, you know, taking out you know, uh, stupid lines and dialogue into where at the end of the day everything you have is flawless and every scene it feels necessary. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of felt that way i mean there's a it brings a lot to the table here as far as diversity of setups and scenes and I mean you know the breaking the fourth wall thing i I don't read Deadpool, so I don't know if they do that all in the comics, but yeah, know, they do obviously you know' a Ferris Bueller reference there, and they even <laughs> play homage to that in the uh credits post credit scene
0: Mm-hmm. And, and they did it just enough too.
1: Don't you think? Right. Like I, I think that that was that, one of that's my concerns that that's coming in that's similar in. to Kick-Ass though, in which Kick-Ass had a very similar opening to mm-hmm. Deadpool and yeah. the yeah. Yeah,
0: and that was one that of my what
1: what what you, what you see is what you least expect. Uh right. I don't want to spoil it, but Sure.
0: Yeah, one of my concerns coming in was that they were going to go too far with because I knew that that's a big part of the comics with with Deadpool is that he talks to the audience which kind of makes him um, pretty original in the comics I was concerned that we were going to come in and have that happen time and time again and after 15 or 20 minutes it would kind of lose its appeal but instead it felt like they really they they held that back and reserved that for just the right moments it's probably I don't know, 10 times in the movie where he where he does that. And so it always felt like the right moment. And it felt funny and original and, and kind of goofy, but in the right way. And and so I think that could have very, very easily been I think that's part of what makes the script so strong. Like I'm impressed with the script writing that they were able to refrain from using that as a crutch throughout.
1: Yeah, I think it starts off on the perfect note with the opening credits and the, mm-hmm. yes, oh, they're just making fun of the whole thing. Absolutely. Like starring a hunky guy and a, and a British <laughs> right. villain. God's you know, chosen idiot. God's, yeah. Yeah. And <laughs> what was the director directed by some douchebag? Is that what said? <laughs> yeah, something something, something like, that. like that. Just Yeah. yeah, Didn't even care. And I mean, that got the audience laughing right away. Uh-huh. Yep. And it's just the perfect setup, I guess, to this. And it was a cool shot, you know, kind of a slow-mo, like, uh, slow frame rate, like, zoom mm-hmm. out of something you don't really know what it is, and then when it zooms yes. out, you're like, oh my gosh. Yeah. It zooms out all the way. It's, right. it's a very funny, funny I, bit. I
0: think it also eased some of the tension. Um right. I went to see it with with one of my good friends who is a massive... Com- I tried to get him on the show tonight, but we just couldn't make the schedules work, but massive, com- massive comic book nerd and a huge Deadpool fan, and you know, I've been looking forward to this movie. I liked... The few comics that I've read, I've always enjoyed Deadpool, and I I had some Deadpool action figures growing up and stuff, and I just think he's an interesting character. But this was not a like Star Wars moment for me, you know. Like if if it was bad, I was gonna be bummed, but I wasn't gonna ruin my life. Um, and as we sat down, he like right as it was about to start, he just go, he turned to me and says please don't suck, please don't suck, please don't suck. Like, he he was really genuinely nervous the way that I was going into Star Wars of, like, please be good. And so I think those opening credits was just a very immediate, hey, guys, don't worry. Like, this is in good hands, and it's going to be funny, and I think that really set the tone for the whole thing.
1: Yeah, it definitely helped ease my tension uh, on the whole thing. And <laughs> chemistry of the actors here was great as well it was very well cast aside from ryan reynolds i think tj miller was a great choice for weasel yeah and the chemistry with marina Backerin was great with ryan reynolds and and her i mm-hmm. didn't feel it was mm. weird or forced at all i thought they no. had great natural chemistry absolutely and it definitely helps with the story i mean you want your yes your love interest to have chemistry i think they kind of went over the top with the love scenes between the two. Sure. Actually, they definitely went over the top, but it was in a MacGruber kind of way that it didn't really make it cringy. It just was funny to me. Sure. Um, And I don't know what kind of audience you saw this with, Brian, but there were were multiple walkouts in my theater, like families leaving and things. Like, I don't know if they didn't know what this was. I mean, surely they saw that it was rated R, but... Maybe it's one of those things where, oh my gosh, it's rated R. No, it's okay. It's a comic book movie. Yeah, that's totally
0: what it was. I don't know what your world is like. Kind of like
1: what Watchmen was. Yes, Uh, being in the
0: you know I work at a church and a lot of a lot of my friends are are uh, you know spiritual and Christian and all that kind of stuff. My Facebook feed on Thursday and Friday was just full of. People sharing reviews of like, hey, and which I appreciate. Like, I thought it was smart because nothing drives me crazier than that when people bring kids to a movie that they do not need to see or go to a movie that they're not going to be able to sit through themselves. You know what I mean? Like, that's, that's, don't, don't do that. Just, we're in an age where it is so easy. You can click on 900 billion different websites and find out if a movie, without getting any spoilers, if a movie is going to be for you or not, you know? But anyway, my Facebook feed was just full of, hey, this is not your typical Marvel movie. Do not take your kids to see this or make sure you understand what this is all, you know, that kind of thing. So my audience was hot, dude. Like, everybody was into it. It was it was a blast.
1: You know what this reminded me of? In the middle of the movie, it, like, hit me like a shovel in the face. It reminded me of basically a rated R version of The Mask. Does that make sense? <laughs> he okay. almost has this campy kind of... Out of this world element that the mask did, and especially the scene, like the opening. I guess basically there was a scene uh, that they did for test footage or a concept, and it's the scene at the beginning where Deadpool jumps off the bridge and into the car and takes out mm-hmm. all the bad guys in the car. Uh, there's a there's a part in that scene where he has the drawing that he was drawing on the bridge when he's listening to uh, Salt and Pepper mm-hmm. of Francis, and he's like, "Hey, have you seen this man?" You know, uh, he does that randomly in that fight, and it's a like a two second moment. And then he has a moment and, and when he's in the middle of a battle, and he and he looks at the camera, and goes, "Did I leave the stove on?" or something like that. And sure. that was a moment that felt like '90s era Jim Carrey okay. uh, kind of comedy. I don't know, but it just felt nostalgic in multiple ways. There were some very clever setups, though. I mean, just, oh my gosh, yes. I mean, the, that scene is great. Uh, with the SUV, I mean, that's worth, I mean, the way people die is just, you've never seen anything like that. It's But it's not, it doesn't feel gory for the sake of gore like Kick-Ass yes. 2. Like in Kick-Ass 2 where they have the scene with the lawnmower and the cops and the, it, it gets, it gets you yes. like almost Gosh, you can't even watch. Yeah. This kind of felt fun. It's, it felt like it, Fun violence, like but not like Zombieland where it was, Yeah. I don't know how to odd. describe it. Like,
0: this is, this is a hardcore rated R movie but I don't feel like it was gratuitous hardly in in very few instances it felt the language feels natural for the characters and the violence is definitely significantly like more hardcore than what you're going to see in I don't know Avengers 2 but or Ant-Man or something like that but it didn't feel You know, that's something that I'm I mean, from our past reviews, that's something that I'm very sensitive to. I I couldn't I couldn't handle I I hated Kingsman uh, in certain moments because of that sort of thing. And and Kick-Ass 2 is one of the biggest examples of like, okay, I hate this because of that certain type of uh, comedic violence. I felt like this was everything that happened in this movie fits the character and fits the movie and didn't. As weirded as it may be to say about an, a, a super R-rated comic book movie, it it wasn't to me. It wasn't gratuitous.
1: Yeah, the fact that this wasn't directed by <laughs> Matthew Vaughn or Edgar Wright is <laughs> right. pretty surprising. Like this is the most Edgar Wright movie, uh, sure, maybe that he hasn't done. Yes, yeah, just, yeah. you know he was attached to Ant Man, but he should have been a Deadpool. Mm-hmm. This is right up his alley, and Matthew Vaughn. I you don't like their work, but I mean, g- do you, guys kick ass and Kingsman, it, I mean, it's all in the same vein, and y'all haven't, mm-hmm. you haven't, not you haven't liked either of those. You're Richard, um, mm-hmm. yeah, I have because I see the saw the potential in this kind of genre, this genre, I guess, just kind of over the top, sure, uh, almost like a horror movie is for horror, just kind of, mm-hmm. we're gonna do the most ridiculous things we can, and just because we can, because of hollywood makeup is fun and we have this ability to make these crazy looking you know guts going everywhere you know does that does that make sense like you're yes, taking it, full advantage of the technology that you right. have and i think and this that's is doing that but for comic books if that makes but sense.
0: i i think to me that's the difference is i don't think i don't think deadpool was doing things just because they can i think they were doing it because this is what what happened in this story. Think, Does that makes sense? I think they're like, doing
1: some stuff th- because they can. There's instance, a couple of like moments the, for sure, Like but... when the, the body flies out of the car and hits the sign yes. on the highway and like yes. falls down on the street. Like that's just like, wow. Oh yeah, uh, I, I totally agree. But
0: but that's such a limited moment yeah. to me because I, that's very early in the movie and I, I was like, okay, if that's how it's going to be. I'm going to have a hard time staying as positive <laughs> about this as i as i am at this moment but i those are i think those moments are few and far between and that's to for me at least for me personally it, that's to deadpool's uh benefit i think i and on, honestly that's probably part of what makes yeah. it accessible to the point of to to the tune of 152 million dollars you know, i think it has
1: to do with more is the is the character i just don't think that those that kingsman or Kickass had yes. a main character Absolutely. that people could attach themselves to or root 100%. 100%. for. Hundred uh, percent, You know, Aaron Johnson's fine. You know, mm-hmm. McLovin is fine. Uh, <laughs> they're not Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> they don't have the charisma or looks no. of Ryan Reynolds. Sorry to say, I think they'd be the first to, to tell you that. Mm-hmm. But I think that's the main reason why is because yeah. Yeah, no, um, totally. It's, because of the character. He's a
0: really likable character, and it's funny because I, like I said, I've never been a comic, I've never really read comic books growing up, but there's a Deadpool figure. When I was in, like, fourth, fifth grade, that the uh, animated X-Men series was was on and was huge, and um, there were action figures, but there were a lot of figures in the set that were based on the comics, not the show, and I had a Deadpool figure and i didn't know anything about this character and even still is was like this is my favorite figure like this one is so cool just with his mask and his swords and all this other stuff it's just such a cool character and then when i got a little older i found out more about him I'm like man this guy's awesome i really dig this dude yeah so you've got a great character being played by the perfect actor to do you're totally right this is what makes that's a big part of why this there's so many great ingredients in what makes this the $150 million opening movie as opposed to the other movies that we're we're talking about.
1: Yeah, I mentioned some scenes, some great setups earlier. Another great setup was the whole numbered bullets scene. That Mm -hmm. was awesome from a CG standpoint and also just a a cool setup for an action scene, something we hadn't seen before uh, when he says he has 12 bullets and he's going to (laughs) kill everybody, you know, all the bad guys. I thought that was great. Mm -hmm. And there's a scene with the pizza boy that was that felt like <laughs> pulp fiction or something i don't know it just felt so out of place for a marvel movie but it was such uh-huh. a, a such a tense scene where he orders the pizza and basically has the conversation with the guy with the pizza guy standing there you know and yeah. they're eating i thought that was a very intense scene that i didn't expect at all mm-hmm. uh, coming mm-hmm. from this but this i mean it threw a lot at me some yeah. fun some funny stuff some really some really thrilling moments as well and uh that surprised me as well, but I um, love the
0: interactions with the X Men. I thought that was hilarious. Yeah, yeah. The way they did that, and his... whether they
1: acknowledge the whether he acknowledge they acknowledge the universe. Yes, they, that he's in it, but not really, kind of thing. Um, yes, he and mentions and his Ryan Reynolds brain. and stuff, you know, and yes. in the movie, and that's that's funny. He mentions his old character and uh, Green Lantern, and it uh-huh. makes fun of that. I mean, yeah, I it, thought. The
0: McAvoy or Stewart joke was one of the funniest. Like, I yeah. died laughing at that. I thought that was a perfect joke for for this movie. <sighs> that was
1: good. I <laughs> forgot about that.
0: And the bit of just like, it's almost like the studio can only afford two X-Men. You know, it was a really right. smart little mo- This is a, it's a really smart, really smart uh, script. And, and, and Reynolds delivers it very well.
1: Yeah, I really liked Colossus. Mm-hmm. I, I really thought he reminded me of Drax a lot. Yeah, uh, totally and his personality. But I thought he looked terrible. I don't know about you. Yeah, I thought, I thought that was kind looked, of a he looked, that looked was a weak like they hadn't sure. they hadn't improved the technology yes. since Rise of the Silver Surfer on that mm-hmm. kind of yeah. effect. That, I guess I think that's where
0: you start to see that the budget come in a little bit because in a on an action on a Disney Marvel movie the budget's you know two hundred twenty million dollars and instead this is fifty eight. You know, so I think that's. Yeah yeah I'm with you i didn't think that, that was the best part of the I film felt but it me. was
1: kind of jarring, but I thought the uh storyline wasn't derivative at all. I really liked the uh plot you know I just <laughs> felt like every superhero movie we've gotten right. has been the same you know man of steel and and uh and all those have have it, felt so der- the third act has right. at least it's
0: it's a micro film, and most yeah. of our superhero movies we get are At the very least, they take place in the macro. You know, maybe their micro looks, glimpses into the macro, but usually, you know, we know how they're going to end. It's going to be big and bombastic and 700 Iron Man suits and three cities are going to get wiped off the planet and stuff like that. And instead, you know, the final sequence is just him taking on 20 mercenaries, which fits and is right and you know. Gina Carano, so that's good too. Anytime we can get Gina in the movie, I'm I'm okay
1: with some really genuine moments here as well. Uh, like I said, between uh, Ryan and Marina Baccarin, Um and when when uh, Deadpool finds out, or Wade Wilson, uh, former NFL quarterback and current quarterbacks <laughs> coach for the Dallas Cowboys, yeah, Wade Wilson, right? He um, when he finds out he's sick again, uh, mm-hmm. another moment you don't expect, but is part of the origin, obviously. And uh there's a scene where he also where his girl doesn't recognize him like she's walking by the street or something and that's kind of gut wrenching as well. Mm-hmm. But um this is uh this brought everything to the table. I mean it's kind of crazy in the fact that I we we you were talking earlier about Ryan Reynolds and the fact that this is a big risk. Um for him and for the studio, I think it's kind of the same for the studio as Marvel honestly has nothing to lose because they're so – I mean, not the Fox side of Marvel. They definitely don't, mm. but, I mean, Marvel Studios in general, they can kind of throw something against the wall, and, I mean, they really haven't had a failure yet. I mean, Ant-Man wasn't huge, but you know what I mean? like
0: Yeah. See, I kind of take the opposite 58, approach. 58 this million, is... I
1: mean, my point is $58 million for them is chunk change.
0: I think there are some movies. I think the X
1: Men is a great example. Fox of, a hit because of Fantastic Four,
0: right? Did they release that one, or was that Sony? I See, I that think, was. I think that one might be Sony. That I don't know. Regardless, my my point would be, I think there are some examples of Marvel movies not owned by Disney that benefit from that, and this is the number one example because this does not get made at Disney. Period. Just point blank, Fox this does get Fantastic Four. Yeah. Okay. And then there's others where you're like, man, it would be really good if Disney – if Disney Marvel could get a hold of these, which you know, Fantastic Four and Spider-Man, we really want them to be done correctly or just stop having them done in the case of Fantastic Four. But regardless, those movies suffered because they are not Disney Marvel, and I think the X-Men and now most certainly Deadpool flourish because they aren't Disney Marvel, and I think that's an interesting uh, kind of comparison between those two groups. It's fun – to see or it's it's interesting to see how much I mean we can imagine how much better Fantastic Four could be. And I think one day we're gonna find out how much better Spider Man can be under the guy under the 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 helm of uh Kevin Feige and whatnot. But this movie doesn't get made at Disney 100 percent So and well, not it's not at all. Not pretty thinking good. So that this one benefits from having been sold off when Marvel had no money.
1: I agree. I think this falls into the fact into the X Men character mm-hmm. pool, though that i don't yeah, is totally. a separate property i think it just right. fell into right, the right. line of one yeah. of the x-men yeah so people can criticize and they will and they have uh the cursing the violence the gratuitous violence but i think they have to understand that it's totally genuine to the character and it's not mm-hmm. into the comic and the source material and it's not just just throwing stuff out there just to do – I don't know. It just feels like Ryan Reynolds put so much of himself into this movie, and you just feel like this entire thing was inspired, like mm-hmm. as if the fans themselves kick-started and, and funded this thing. And like that every yes. frame and second that they worked on it was for them. You know, mm-hmm. That's what Absolutely. it felt like to me. And Absolutely. It, it felt like it had the best intentions, mm-hmm. and I rarely feel like that about a comic book movie. But yeah. I truly do feel that about this, and it paid off. Definitely mm-hmm. paid off.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. It's a very authentic piece of filmmaking, which you don't, you don't typically get with a superhero movie like this, with a comic book movie, I should say.
1: Uh, so James Gunn, friend of the podcast, shout out. Uh, James Gunn has spoken up about this because everybody, you know, saw this and they're immediately tweeting at him about it because of uh, Super. As well as Super, which was a R-rated superhero movie. Maybe the first, you could argue. The first (laughs) of this kind of uh, genre. And, uh, of course, Guardians. And uh, he he says, after every movie smashes records, people here in Hollywood love to throw out the definitive reasons why the movie was a hit. I saw it with Guardians because it wasn't afraid to be fun, or it was colorful and funny, etc. Next thing I know, I hear a lot of uh, film projects being set up. It's like Guardians and i start seeing a uh, dozen trailers exactly like the guardians trailers with big pop songs and a bunch of clips i agree with that i uh, mm-hmm. definitely think the pop st- yeah. pop aspect of this was inspired by that or at least yeah there was proven success that you could mix right gory um sci-fi violence with 70s pop music and sure and yeah, you remember, remember when worked.
0: the when the Martian trailer came out, everybody was like, "Is this this year's Guardians of the Galaxy?" You're like, yeah, exactly. no, it's just it's just a freaking movie that happens to have Donna Summer in the in the
1: trailer. Like that doesn't mean they're anything alike. But James Gunn says Deadpool was not that. Deadpool was its own thing. That's yeah. what people are reacting to. It's original and it's damn good and it's made with love by filmmakers and it wasn't afraid to take risks. And uh he really enjoyed that it poked fun at Marvel. Which I also enjoyed.
0: I read that article as well, and the executive that he the unnamed executive that he was kinda of taking a shot at should be fired because everything he said was straight up either cliche or incorrect. And he it's says, just
1: he goes James Gunn goes on to say, but by that they won't mean it's good or original. But yes. they'll say it's a raunchy superhero film or it breaks the fourth wall.
0: They won't yes. understand
1: they won't understand why it was a success right. and they'll think it was oh well it was violent. We need to make more violent movies, you know. Yeah. And things like that but
0: right that's what i said at the outset we are in for five years of really bad raunchy r-rated sort of superhero movies you know and we're all just gonna roll
1: our eyes and so he said they'll treat you like you're stupid which is the one thing deadpool did not do original movies he said original movies do happen sometimes even if only by accident just as fox made deadpool after seeing the success of guardians one studio might get the hint and realize boy we can give them something they don't already have and that's who is going to succeed Sure, that's exactly right. Totally, and uh, this is proof. And we need more original stuff. I know this is again a comic book, but it's mm-hmm. not something that this is not Deadpool 2. This is not the reboot of Deadpool the movie. This is the right. first thing. This is inspired by people who who really did have passion for for their work, and um, you see them cash in with something like Fantastic Four, and is a perfect example of people just signing on to a part, you know, Miles Teller, and just kind of walking his way through and Josh Trank really just making everybody miserable. And, and just literally them Fox even saying and coming out and saying, we're only doing this. So we don't lose the rights to fantastic four because yes. it's a huge property. So like we don't make a movie this year. We're losing the right. It's just not the right motivation to make it. And this felt that way, but let's hit grades, Brian. I'm going to give this an A. It was solid. Um, I had some quips with it and um, maybe when Richard comes on, I, I'll, and I can sit on it for a week. I'll have more mm-hmm. problems with it. Yeah. But I just wanted to talk about it. It's it's uh, it's a rise to the top. Nathan. Sure.
0: Yeah, I'm kind of in the same boat. I'm I'm gonna give it an A. I kind of think I'm gonna be a. I'm gonna come down on it a little bit after I watch. Not because it's bad. Just I think I was so caught up in the, the fast paced humor of it all that there's a good chance that this is one that on my second or third or fourth viewing I'm gonna be like, eh, it's not quite as good I was, I as will I say, thought it
1: was. I will say. I did not like it as much as people did. I did not like it as much as <laughs> I did not like it as much as Guardians. I did not I didn't either. I didn't feel yeah. like this genre was drastically changed. I mean, I I think we had seen certain aspects of this in other previous mm-hmm. in you know, Kingsmen for example, in other films of this type and it it just it was it felt it was a great progression of those, but it didn't it was not the Matrix. I mean, this doesn't just rewrite the book on what needs to be done what can be done with the superhero movie it was just a a good one off and uh that's what it's kind of what i hoped ant-man would have been just a mm-hmm. little more yeah. towards yeah. this a little more think, yeah, free think, a little taking itself a little less seriously I and i think it could have been this movie
0: i think this is the i think that that's exactly what i thought coming out was like this is the r-rated version of what Ant-Man could have been if Edgar Wright would have stayed on, mm-hmm. I think. That's how I – No, that's kind or of if Disney was
1: willing to do it. It's that yeah. Edgar Wright had this probably same kind of vision, and mm-hmm. Disney was like, we're Disney. Well, you can't do this here. Yeah. So he's yeah. like, all right, I'm out. Peace. Right. Have fun. Sure. Have fun and with that's your fine. PG-13 like, little yeah. family movie. It's fine. It-
0: that's fine. Ant-Man was good. It made money. It did fine. And Disney has a brand to protect and that's fine. Like I have zero problem with Disney being Disney. Like that's just, that's how it is. It just means that guardians though, which is, yeah, absolutely. And guardians pushes the envelope of, of what you can and can't do in that sort of a movie, but it does it in such a fun and interesting way that you don't, you don't really notice it. I don't think it does it with a raccoon in a tree. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So yeah, I'm with you. I, I'm going to give it an A, but I, I, do kind of think i want to see this again and i'm i just feel like i may come back down on it just a little bit but i'm with you i guardians is a better movie for me um but i do i do think that this is going to be kind of the trendsetter for better or for worse of what we're likely to see from the non-disney marvel movies of of the next uh you know five six years i
1: guess all we can get at this point, confirmed is maybe Deadpool involved in some X Men stuff down the line. Probably a second sequel movie for him. The yeah, dream it's... the dream would be to cross him over with the Avengers, or of course Guardians. Mm-hmm. Uh, that would be the dream. And I know in the comic series he does do that, but right. that would require a Spider Spider Man like agreement right. between Sony and like, and like the one it's... between Sony and Disney with Fox and Disney to right. share the share the revenues of same right. movie.
0: Well, and the the problem too is even if you cross him into X Men, you have to write in some excuse for why he's uh, like Deadpool light, not full on Deadpool. You know, Cause right. you can't you can't have this character just go into the seventh X Men movie and do what Deadpool does because, you know, those movies can't be rated R. So, But I guess that's you could true. very easily is, write a good point. You, you could write in a fourth wall break of, like, you know, him turning to the camera and just saying something to the effect of, you can drop I'm going to keep e- it clean today, kiddies, you know, something like that to where you can kind of make that work. But it does require a MacGuffin or a gimmick or something like that to make it work.
1: I will remind you, you can drop one F-bomb in a PG-13. Sure. Still yeah. save it for Deadpool, I'm sure. In both of <laughs> right. Yeah, so that's the hope is, of course, cross it with Marvel Studios, and Disney Marvel Studios, but we can only hope. Hey, what's up, ma'am, fam? Kent here. And yes, if you're hearing from me, you know it's time to talk about Blue Apron. If you haven't tried out Blue Apron by now, what the heck are you even doing? Blue Apron is the number one fresh ingredient and recipe delivery service in the country. They deliver fresh meals straight to your door. All the food is fresh. It's sourced from local farms. That's BlueApron.com slash mad. Get three meals on us for free. Nothing goes better with a movie than dinner. So check out Blue Apron. BlueApron.com slash mad. Blue Apron, a better way to cook. All right, let's uh, hit a recommend. Weekly Recommends. Go ahead, Brian. I'm
0: going to keep it short and simple. Uh, Better Call Saul Season 1 is on Netflix. If you have not watched it, you need to. Season 2 just started last night, and uh, I haven't gotten to watch it, but I'm super excited for it. I heard great things. For me, I think it's probably the third best show on TV right now, so uh, check that out. It's 10 episodes. It's so easy to watch, and uh, American Treasure, Bob Odenkirk, is just the best. So, please, Better Call Saul, Netflix.
1: Have you watched Season 2 yet at all?
0: haven't yet. It's recorded. I'm excited for it but didn't get a chance to uh to last night. So probably probably tomorrow night I'll sit down and watch it. Although I may wait a week or two and 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 crank through season 1 again just to uh get myself up to speed again cuz it's been so long since I've seen it. But I think I I really think it might be the third I think I would put it third best as far as great TV behind Fargo and uh
1: The Americans. Great. I'm going to recommend a documentary. Um it's a sports documentary. I, I really enjoy sports stories. There's almost, you could do a ping pong team documentary and I'd probably love it. <laughs> I just love this. Balls of Fury. Of sto- you mean that's a documentary. Isn't it? <laughs> oh, it, I think it's, yeah. it's actually <laughs> taken from real footage. Yeah. Uh, oh, okay. Good. It's, it's <laughs> I don't even want to go there <laughs> with the balls of Fury joke. Uh, this one is, uh, I guess 30 for 30, okay. maybe 30. for, th- Yeah. 30 for 30. Um, Chasing Tyson. this is about Mike oh, yeah. Mike Tyson and his career as a boxer and Evander Holyfield's kind of journey to try to fight Tyson and for the belt. Yeah, it's a, good is a one. really interesting one. And uh again, documentary, so it's all real footage and um doesn't really beat around the bush on any of this any of the stuff that happened. Of course, the infamous bite is covered and um a really interesting documentary, Chasing Tyson. A good Mike one, Tyson is, sure. a, is a if, oh. if Jamie Foxx is right and he's really doing a biopic with Martin Scorsese about Mike Tyson like he's a very interesting person fascinating just, just like yeah American Treasure kind of worthy but he's a scumbag so he'd probably never get exactly but, yes. but I mean exactly he's just exactly such right. a yeah. it such a polarizing mm-hmm. uh personality like Kanye West of his time yes but, but a boxer you know it's kind of weird
0: He's fascinating and very few celebrities, especially ones that have as awful of a past as he does are as he does, are as open about oh yeah their lives. It's it's very interesting to see I I've had the exact same thought of like there's times where you're like, man. Tyson's kind of an American treasure. And then you're like, oh, right, but he's a terrible person. And goes he some, some of the worst awful things. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, he's definitely raped a woman. So, like, this yeah. is not – we can't go there, but it's he's such a – Bill Cosby's in. No. I uh, know. <laughs> we didn't know. Uh, he's such <laughs> no, a fascinating you know. character uh, to, to pay attention to. Yeah, that's a great documentary.
1: Okay. Yeah, Chasing Tyson. It is on Netflix, 30 for 30. Any awesome. of the 30 for 30s are good, but I'll recommend that one. Today. Totally. Chasing Tyson. Totally. All right. Where can we find you online, Brian?
0: You can find me on the Twitter at bgail12. You can find my writing at madaboutmoviespodcast.com, and you can follow our show on the Twitter at m i m a m underscore podcast.
1: Kent, where can we find you? Find me on Twitter at Kent Garrison, and find our show on iTunes. And if you like what you hear, leave us five stars. That goes a long way. Tell your friends, subscribe, send us a message, and until next time, we'll see you at the studio. Goodbye. Goodbye. Hey, baby, I hear the blues are calling Tossed salads and scrambled eggs And maybe I seem a bit confused Yeah, maybe, but I got you pegs Ha, 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 ha But I don't know what to do With those tossed salads and scrambled eggs They're calling again Scrambled eggs all over my face they're making me ya ya. Just swell into
0: swamplings.
1: They're calling again.